welcome back to the show. It's so good to have you with us today. You're going to get to meet Amanda Miller. Amanda is a life coach that specializes in supporting um, people with human design as a facet of focus and a way to know yourself better. And a huge theme of the podcast today is around trusting yourself, realizing that you are your own authority and that you are responsible for your life and how you respond to it. And so if you're unfamiliar with human design, we touch on it a little bit in the podcast, but definitely check out Amanda's work. Um, if you're interested in learning more about yourself and how this works, human design it's a complex thing, but it really is an energetic blueprint that helps you look inward at how you're wired and how you came to be in this place, how you move through energy and energy responds to you. And uh, there's so many different parts and pieces of human design. I am still in the midst of like really just learning a small corner of it. I really was uh, in a season more in the spring where I was kind of tuning into that. And I still am interested in learning. But what I love about Amanda is is her heart and her heart for people, especially um, that you as, as a human are here to do something really special and you are a walking miracle. So I'm excited to get to introduce her to you. Some of her offers may have changed. If you've been listening for a little while, you may know I took a little bit of a hiatus. So we recorded this episode back in March. So definitely, if you're interested, reach out to her, check out her socials, get to know her. And um, so we'll hop right in. Welcome back to the show. Today, I've got Amanda Miller on with me. So good to be with you, Amanda. Thanks for dropping on the show. Oh, I love it. It's so good to be with you, Evelyn. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And um, I definitely, we've been talking, but I have some questions for you, but I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. I would (laughs) love for you to just introduce yourself and and talk about what you do in the world and, and who you are. Okay. Uh, let me just start with like those questions always get me because I'm like, how do, how do I, how do I fit it? <laughs> right. But my name is Amanda Miller. <clears throat> and currently what I'm doing in the world is I am life coaching with a heavy emphasis um, on using as a foundation human design, um, just because I really love the way it supports people being able to trust themselves and leaning back to themselves as their own personal authority rather than authority outside of them. What else I do in the world, since we were talking about like, let me see if I turn the right way, got my doggy in the background. I can't point backwards. I'd be a terrible weather woman. (laughs) Um, And I love to garden and I keep bees and I have two young adult sons, uh, which still blows me away because I stayed at home with them and we homeschooled for many years. And and now I'm just in this different phase of my life and looking at going great. I raised two sons. They're out doing cool things in the world. And now what do I want to do? And I really am looking at supporting women, um, especially women that were like me who lost themselves and trying to please other people, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, being able to, what does it look like to completely trust yourself? And, you know, like we were talking before and to be able to say no. Mm. and not feel like you're a horrible person for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and and what led you to human design too? That's actually how we connected because Mm -hmm. I have been interested in taking my first steps and sticking my toes in the water and, and somebody connected us. And so uh, around human design. So what got you started there? Um, I saw somebody sharing something on a webinar and I was like, Oh, what is that? And I discovered it about three years ago and it's so interesting. So I, I found it just as it was starting to kind of show up in the mainstream a little bit. And it's not even fully mainstream, Mm. but where it was just beginning to kind of catch a hold. And there wasn't a lot that I could find online. You know, there wasn't, you know, I'd look up and it was like, it was like a secret club. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started looking for people who were, were talking about it and took some courses and, um, and then I started getting books and discovering there's uh, a couple of places that that you can get like textbook style books. Um, 
and I've just, it was like a rabbit hole inside of a rabbit hole. And the more I learned about it, the more it just, it validated so many things validated so much for me. It actually gave me the opportunity to go, Oh, so I'm an emotional authority. Wow. And which for those of us who are emotional authorities, choosing or deciding something in the moment is not the the highest, <laughs> the highest good for us all of the time. For us, it's a really good idea to wait it out, to write out your authority. That in and of itself made such a difference for me because I was such a person I'm like, well, I can, I can do that. There's no reason I shouldn't. So I guess I will. And then I'd overload myself and just make myself crazy and feel like now I can't even follow through. It, it just opened so much up for me. And then as I started sharing it with friends, they were like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You are perfect. And when you understand a little bit of your owner's manual, you get to work with it instead of pushing against it. And it just... there's, there's so much in it. And then as the world alters and shifts and gets a little wild and looking at some of the other tenants inside of human design that saying, Hey, yeah, the background frequency of the world is shifting and it's going to, and it's going to move away from this structured systems focused world that we've been in where it's about the other. And it's going to come back more into the self and the small community, which then it's like, Oh, Well, now it's a mission, right? So that people can understand that you actually are the authority and the responsibility for your life. And what does that look like for you? And then how do you start connecting with other people in a way that's more authentic and meaningful for you so that it makes a difference? Because I I mean, I don't know the truth in the world and I don't know what's going to happen, but I do think that we are better off when we are fully responsible for ourselves. And for people who are new to human design, how would you even begin to categorize like what it is, what the framework is? Yeah, it's, I'm still like playing with that. So like my quick kind of drive by is it is your energetic blueprint in your owner's manual. Now then to kind of get a little bit more in it, it it's kind of it's a combination loosely of a bunch of different systems. So it uses these different systems to describe what it is. So it's not actually part of the I Ching because Ra, the guy who, for lack of a better word, it's the word that everybody uses today is downloaded. Um, I don't want to say he downloaded, he was force-fed human design. He wasn't looking for it. He was like, it was not a pleasant experience for him, but he didn't even read the I Ching, but he uses that as a framework. So it's like, I'm going to describe it this way. And we're going to take different components. So it uses aspects of the I Ching, the, the Kabbalah, the tree of life, the, um, the chakra system, um, genetics, biology, physics, uh, and astrology. So it uses these different aspects to kind of bring it all in together into something new And using all those different pieces, you end up with this system that is so multi-layered that looks at how you make decisions, how you're most conditioned, how you're best supposed to eat what you're supposed to eat, how you think about things, how you focus or don't focus. I mean, there's so many different aspects to it, but just the quick, like if somebody's like, what's, I've never heard of that before. It's your energetic owner's manual. Yeah. 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 Well, and so it's funny because when you say that too, like for me, as I've been continuing to break into this, there are, now, would you say that there's four different types or five? Because I've heard it said both. I mean, I know that's the base layer and then we add things on, but I've, I've been hearing it two different ways. So I would. What do you think about that? Um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah, there, there are four basic, you know, you've, you've got your reflectors, your projectors, your manifestors, and your generators. And, and I've heard it a couple of different ways. And then there's manifesting generators. 
So they're, they're about half of the generators. But then inside of projectors, you have like self-projected projectors, you, you know, so it's, you can break them all down. And I think the reason that manifesting generators are separated out from generators because they are generators um, is because they have that motor to the throat. And then for people who are brand new to this, you're going to be like motor throat. What, what are you talking about? It's okay. It's okay. You don't have to know it all at once. But I think if, if you were to take out that sacral center, it has a motor to the throat, which makes them a manifester. So they're kind of like a hybrid, but at the root, they're a generator. Okay. Yeah. Well, and something I don't even, I don't know if you remember our conversation, but I was fighting that I'm just a generator in quotes, just, (laughs) um, which I'm still like, so my question like today, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm going to get to talk to a man about this. Cause I felt a lot of friction. Um, cause I'm trying to figure out, okay. So for people who haven't, um, or who may not know what human design is. So the difference between a manifesting generator and a generator, I'm going to try. So you're going to okay. correct me if I'm wrong, okay. but generators are meant to respond to the energy around them, respond to life. So it's not so much that they're supposed to instigate and start, but they're supposed to wait for the energy to be right and then implement or step in. Is that right? Am I thinking of it the right way? I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. So really every type, but manifestors and even manifestors have a certain amount of waiting. Like we're all waiting, you know, there's, there's a waiting aspect to all of them, you know, projectors for them. It's, it's great to wait for the invitation. Um, reflectors are waiting for a lunar cycle to feel everything out, to kind of like walk all the way around it and go, okay, now that I have the big picture, now I'll choose. Manifestors are waiting for the inspiration. Generators are waiting to respond. So what does it look like to respond to life? A response is a yes or no. <clears throat> and what you're responding to is, is that sacral urge, that sacral uh-huh or uh-uh. And it is, I, I like to think of it is that you're being offered a buffet and they're, and they're coming to your table from this, like all of these options. And they're like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? And your only job is to go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. No, you're not going, you're going, well, I'm going to make the restaurant and I'm going to hire the people and I'm going to do all the things. It's, I just get to go to the restaurant and they're going to offer it to me. It's kind of that, that feeling. Um, and, and it's, and I've heard it different ways, you know, for people saying that you can respond to your own urge or to say something out loud and respond to it. And then others that are saying, no, it's something outside of you. You're responding to something outside of you. And, and I think maybe it's a little bit of both because you can respond, like if you're the only person in the house and you're making breakfast, you you can't respond to somebody outside of you, but you can like, okay, do I want tea? Do I want coffee or orange juice? Or do I not want anything, you know, and you can respond that way. Um, and then as far as like the only type, and then there's, then then there's conversations around types <laughs> and like, should we even be looking at types, but the only type that really is to like push and force and initiate is the manifester. Mm. And see, so so there's the friction for me because I, and this is, this is where I've been the last probably week and a half, like trying to identify what is ego? What is something that I've actually like learned? Because we live in such a, um, at least in the Western world, a push, 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 you make it happen. You start it, you initiate it. Um, But then in my own wiring, I have felt compelled to start things that did go well. Like I've been trying to look back at the thread in my life, like waiting to respond, like is definitely there for me. Like that's definitely there. And then there have also been moments where I did need to initiate. So I think what I'm trying to figure out for somebody like me who feels that, which I, that push and pull of, of trying to identify 
what is ego? How do I know when I'm pushing versus when I'm responding? Have you ever heard the term push a rope? I have not. Okay. My husband uses it. (laughs) But if you think about it, how easy is it to push a rope? It's just going to like wad up. Like you could probably push it and depending on the material of it, but you push the rope and it's just going to kind of mush in on itself mm-hmm. and it's going to be frustrating and it's going to be difficult. And I, I kind of feel like initiating and it's like forcing an outcome. Pushing a rope is trying to force an outcome. And I think it's that space because again, there are a lot of ways to respond. Maybe you've initiated something, but maybe it was after someone was like, have you thought about doing this? And there's something inside of you that goes, oh, yes, I'm starting that now. Um, or you were reading a book about somebody going to college and you never heard of it. And you're like, I'm going to college. I'm going to start figuring out what I need to do to go to college. I think there's a lot of different ways to respond um, and, and initiate because there are things that we initiate all the time, right? We initiate conversations because Maybe we're responding to that person's energy. Um, but I think that the difference is to catch yourself is, is, is there an opening for it? And are you trying to force it? Not because it's lighting you up, not because it's like, this is calling, this is pulling me in, but more of a, I should, this is going to make me look good. This is what's going to get me success you know, what are all those things that comes from not just because it's life happening and, and it's calling you in. And I, I would think that if it's something that you're, you're forcing, there's going to be a lot of frustration and a lot of speed bumps and a lot of like, you just want to smack your head against the wall. Um, but I also believe that even inside of this, so I'm going to kind of tangent a little bit mm-hmm. that I do believe that we create our reality to an extent as well. Um, you know, I'm a student of Dr. Joe Dispenza and there's, there's a lot to be said. I mean, the studies that, that he's involved in, in the last event I went to, we had, there was an experiment where they had bacteria and some of them were dye colored red. It was like some kind of phosphorescent or bioluminescent or something. And some were were green and they were red and green. And all week they didn't say anything to us. And it was kind of even, it's like 50, 50, you know, kind of created this brownish color in in the the dishes. And then on the last day, he's like, all right, we're going to create an intention. And so for 15 minutes, we meditated on green, green. It changed the color. They ended up with a considerable amount more green where human intention and thought created an outcome on another living organism. Wow. So I do believe, you know, that there's an energetic and that we can create that. And I think, I don't know, sometimes I think of it like, um, like a river. Mm-hmm. You can jump in into the energetic stream and go down river with it. And, you know, and like, Ooh, and here's an an outlet and here's an inlet and here's, you know, a little Island, or you can get in and try to paddle yourself upstream and, and maybe you'll get there, but you're going to be exhausted and it's going to be frustrating and it's, nobody's going to be happy. And, and I think of that initiating, right. Trying to force the outcome like that. It's like, yeah, I think that we do get to create and we're not the only ones, you know, there's almost 8 billion other people creating, and that's not even including what are the energetics of the earth and the universe and the cosmos and other animals and creatures. Cause I don't know, do, do their intentions create something as well? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's a matter of kind of letting yourself be, you know, and, and kind of sitting with it rather than and trying to strive all of the time and allowing yourself just to kind of go, okay, let me breathe. Let me connect. Cause I do think that there's an opportunity for the universe to give you something to go. Yes. I'm responding to that. That was it. Thank you. But when you're, you're striving, it's like a, 
I see things in pictures all the time, but it's like pinball. As opposed to if you'd have just waited, you could have just kind of like plunked it in the hole and it'd have been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me too, and I've shared some on the podcast personally here, like, I love that you said that all, all the types really, there is some type of waiting that makes me feel better. And, but that's because my, um, early on in my twenties, and we may have discussed this already, like between you and I, but I started feeling more of an urge to initiate, to create something that was my own. And in that though, there's like been trial, I'll try something and I'm like, it's not quite right. I'll try something. I'm like, it's not quite right. But the background, as I'm, as I'm building on these blocks, I have still felt like the overarching like theme has been and wait and wait you're in process and wait. And so I, I feel like I'll come to these points, these frustrating points where I'm like, Oh, like I'm so, I know that there's been progress and there is progress, but there is this thing that comes up for me where I'm like, I am so tired of waiting. (laughs) And part of that's also in my age too. I think, I think for a long time, and I'm unlearning a habit too, of um, put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, what if I die tomorrow and I don't accomplish this thing that's on me? Um, Which was interesting in the book, the... I've been reading Understanding Human Design, that primer we actually talked mm-hmm. about before. And um, I do have an activated gate, the gate one. And it said in the text um, that people with this activated gate, like wake up in the middle of the night going like, what if I'm not doing like this thing, this thing that's on me? And I'm like, literally, yes, that that has described mm-hmm. so much of my twenties into my early thirties here. And I, I was like, that's yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. yeah. You said something too, that is like, you know, that you want to create and absolutely, you know, and I, I think there's, again, it's hard because there isn't a cut and dry answer because we're all different and we all have our own experiment to work through and having that sacral center activated, there is something in you that's like, I want to create, I want to nurture, I want to bring life to something. And, and yes, you do that. Like, and, and I think everyone should, like, if you feel like I, I want to create the thing, we'll create the thing, but create it because you love it. And because you need to create it don't create it. Cause I'm going to create this thing and then I'm going to sell it for 1999 and did it, did it like create the thing and then wait for the next opportunity, wait for the next step. And I think that's the big, big thing that for me that I, you know, and that I've been coaching people on too, is that you don't have to like figure out how to get to the top of the mountain right now. You don't have to be, you take the next step. You take the step that's in front of you. And sometimes you have to stand still for a minute and look around and wait for that step to be revealed because you, your eyes aren't attuned to it yet because it's a rock. That's the same color as the ground. And that's the only place that's solid. And you just kind of have to get like, give yourself a minute, like, all right, let me breathe. Where am I? Let me catch my bearings. What's the next step. But you continue to create, you continue to live your life. It's not like, so human design is not meant to be a limitation. I mean, it tells you where your, your, your boundaries are, you know, where you, you know, that doesn't mean you can't go through those boundaries, right? You know, like we can scale walls, but it's showing you like, where, where does your energy flow best and where do you get to use that to your advantage? And where are the places that you're going to get tripped up? Because maybe you're going to need help there. It's not meant to be a limitation. And, but we are also in 3d bodies and we do have certain amount of limitations. And so you just look at like, where am I? And where's the next step? And let me wait instead of trying to take 535 steps all at once. How about we just, what's the next one? 
And it doesn't help that we're in a society of ADD from our phones and our technology and, and everything else that we're like, well, I should just, I, instant gratification. I should have it all now. What, what, what can, can I have it now? It's like, no, you, you can't force it any more than you can force a rose to bloom overnight. If it's not ready and it's a little green bud, you're not going to get a full flesh rose the next day. And if you try to force it open, you're just going to tear it up. So it's allowing yourself to breathe and to bloom and just, and to only take the step that's in front of you rather than trying to take the step that's 15 steps ahead or the step where somebody is, you know, 300 steps ahead of you. and like, well, I should be taking that one and just allowing yourself to enjoy where you are and to grow the things you want to grow and to create and play no matter what type you are, yeah. you know, to do the things that have you feel like, Ooh, that feels good. That feels juicy. That feels like I'm living. Yeah. It's interesting too. I heard this example, um, maybe at some point last year and it was, it was some kind of poem or video it was talking about, you know, at what point, because you mentioned roses, it said, at what point, like, does a rose become beautiful? Is it when it's a seed? Is it when it's growing into a stem? Is it when it bursts, like, at no point, like, is the process more beautiful than the next? It needed each and every part. And so I appreciate that reminder too, for myself. So I, I love that. Yeah. And then too, when it, when it's time is done and it goes back into the earth and it, you know, relives in a different way, it gives life mm-hmm. in a whole other way. Um, and something that you and I talked about too, was this idea of how human design and knowing more of your energetic um, blueprint in the world also allows you to begin to know how to build that trust also with, within yourself. Um, how has that process been for you and how has it also been for your clients that you, you know, you watch them build this awareness and then they kind of break open into that. What has that been like? Mm. Oh, I love that question. For me, it's really allowing myself one to slow down and, and not say yes to everything. Um, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser (laughs) and, and recognizing that the fact that I'm emotional, there's nothing wrong with that. And then how to honor that, you know, that's, it's still, still something that I'm, you know, playing with. Um, I have a wide open heart center, you know, and so, oh, I don't, I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to agree to things that either consciously or unconsciously are showing that, no, look, I I am a good person. I am worthy. I am valuable and recognizing and separating out my value from the value that I provide, that they are not one and the same. Um, It's, it's helped me in my relationship with my husband. So I have an undefined head in Ajna. And his is defined, like he's defined everywhere, but his root. And so, you know, there's just this thing that where we would get into arguments and I would get so stubborn and like really dig in my heels and you're like, you're so stubborn. I'm like, I'm not, you're the one who's stubborn. (laughs) And then recognizing that there are very few people I'm like that with. And, and yes, he's my husband, but yes, also it's like, oh, he does have a way of seeing the world. And it doesn't mean that he can't change his mind, but he has a way of dealing with things. He has a way of processing. Um, and so it just, it really, it has helped me just to navigate my own way and to go, oh, there is nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with me. And yes, sometimes I'm a little scattered and I get to be really careful and deliberate about what I'm choosing to agree to, because I'm not going to have energy to follow through something if I'm doing it out of a sense of trying to prove myself. And so being able to slow down and go, Oh, do I want to do that? I could, and I do a good job, but 
do I want to, is that, is this for me? And then giving myself the opportunity to say, you know what, give me, give me a couple of days. Let me get back to you. I'm going to sit this out. And then being a manifesting generator, you know, and the whole like pivoting and changing and like, all right, we're going to, we're going to do this for a trial basis. You know, I've learned not to commit to, I'm going to commit to this whole long time. Like, no, we'll, we'll try it out. I mean, there are some things that I have committed to longer terms, but I sat with those for a while. And, and so that has been really great. And as far as my clients, um, yeah, a big thing that really comes up is boundaries, being able to say no. You know, I have, I have several uh, former clients who are projectors and just to be able to go, you know, you don't have to do everything. You, you get to say no. And um, that shifted to be able to tap in to like, well, slow down. What, what do you want? Well, I should know. <laughs> We're not shooting. <laughs> what do you want? Like, where does it feel good? You know, does it feel good? Um, and then working through plateaus because some, because everything that we do doesn't feel good. It doesn't always feel good to do the dishes, but it feels good to have a clean kitchen. Right. And so it's looking at like the process you know, working through the process that maybe isn't as pleasant. And then like, how do we fix that? But just, I've seen big changes. You know, I want a former client is buying a house who said she wasn't going to anytime soon. One moved across the country um, because there was a lot of worthiness, like, oh, I actually do get to speak what I want. And I think that's a big part of it too, is to be able to go, oh, I have been being shoved in to this box. I have a friend who used to say, you know, putting a square peg into a round hole, you can make it happen. But in order to happen, those corners of that square peg get shaved off and, and it gets really uncomfortable. So to be able to recognize, first of all, you are worthy just as you are, just because you are a walking miracle and who you are is perfect. So let's look at that. Yes, there are different aspects and other people around you are going to affect you. So just pay attention to how different people, how you show up around different people. And then you get to actually ask for what you want, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't fit in with your family culture or your work culture. Um, it's okay to ask and it's okay to say no. And watching just those baby steps. You know, I have another friend who just called me up last week and was just made this decision. And it's something that felt so good. And she was so excited about it, but immediately all of that old stuff, you know, from all of the conditioning from the rest of the world, well, that doesn't make sense. That is irresponsible. That's, you know, who does that? And I was like, and what do you want? And she just sat with that. And I was like, and what does it mean about you? If you do that, she's got a wide open heart and it's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be unworthy. And I'm like, you get to do what works for you. And because nobody else can know. And then you just practice, you experiment with it because there are no right answers. And I think that's the big thing is that there are no right answers in life. Every rule every law that we have in this world, somebody else made it up. Somebody else made it up. Sometimes those were made up several hundred years ago. Some cases, maybe even longer. That doesn't have anything to do with you. So being able just to kind of play with, let's play with you, the way you make decisions and just try it see how it feels they've gotten more confident and just being able to walk through and say, this is who I am. And this is what I want. Oh, you don't like it. That's okay. Hmm. Have there ever been any clients too, who maybe have had, um, cause this is common too. When we, when we make a shift, cause this is part of my work too, with my own clients, 
When we make a shift of embodying a new part or trying on a new part of our identity, there are people in our lives who react because they're used to who we were or how we responded, how we annihilated our boundaries in order to um, prop up somebody else's needs or wants from us. And I'm just curious, um, have there, has there been a client too, where it's, they've come back and there was a response like that. Um, and how, how did you advise to they navigate through that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it always comes back to you. I mean, you can't control how other people react and then their reactions are valid. You know, their experience is valid. And, you know, so there's some rehearsal that you get to do beforehand. It's like, well, they're going to act like this. Okay. Well, let's do some role-playing. Let's play with that. Just so that you get a sense in your body that like, oh, okay. How, how much, how long can I hold this new way of being around them before we end up in a fight, you know, and let me play with it and see what it would look like. Well, oh, I hadn't thought to respond that way. Um, how can you take yourself out of the situation, you know, and, and to be able to hold your center without taking it personally, because it feels personal and it kind of is, but it really isn't. It's personal to them. You know, it's, it's the other people who have that reaction and, and you can't change their reaction. So if they're going to scream, if you've practiced it beforehand, you go, okay, well, when you're done, let me know I'm stepping out of the room or I'm going to go to the store or whatever. And if you, you know, we talk when we get back, it's, it's about holding your space and not making the other person wrong. Even if you feel like they are, you know, because their experience is very right for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just like, you don't want them to make you wrong for what you're choosing if you're the person who's doing the work, because usually the people I work with, maybe they have other people in their, their circles who are doing self-development interpersonal work, but often not. Yeah. And, and I have heard it said, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the way it is, is that the person who has the most training is the one who goes first, is the one who leads. And so that when you take on this kind of work, you are then just de facto the leader in your, in your circle. And so therefore it is going to be harder for you because you're going to be the one who has to hold this new way of being. And you're going to be the one who has to kind of hold your stuff together when everybody else is having a tantrum and just to be able to go, Oh, well, how can I make it that it's not something about me? You know, and we really come coming back to, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. And there will be people in your life when you change that will no longer fit with the new version of you. That it's like when, you know, playing in the idea of like the quantum and the energy field, you've literally moved into a different frequency and they are no longer on that frequency and people will fall away. I mean, I've had, I've had several clients whose relationships dissolved um, by maybe theirs or the other person's decision. And and that's one of the things is that when you start doing work, whether it's leaning in and practicing and playing with your own experiment in human design or meditating or any of the different modalities, when you start doing work, there will be people who will fall away. And I think that's the biggest thing is then to come back, to be able to trust yourself that it's okay. And it doesn't mean anything about you. And it doesn't mean anything about them. It just means that you no longer literally vibe, vibrate at the same frequency and, and it doesn't make anybody bad or wrong and to give yourself space and permission to grieve it. Cause that's, it's real. It's a loss. Um, but then also to keep yourself focused on like, who, who am I, who am I saying that I'm going to be, what's the experience in life that I want to have? And let me keep holding that because if other people fall away, that just means there's going to be new people and they're going to be on this new vibration with you. And it's going to be really wonderful. And you guys get to create 
this, you know, addition factor in the wave that you're creating. And it's, I mean, it's messy. You know, unfortunately, we think about like self-development or therapy that it's like, oh, it's going to make everything better. But (laughs) it does. And the process of it, you've got, you got to go through some muck to get through it. And, and it's not for the weak, you know, it's not for the faint hearted it's, and there are days that you're like, all right, uncle, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to take a pass today and I'm going to be my old self for a little bit. Um, and that's okay. It's just, uh, being human, it's a heck of an experience and, I don't know that any of us have the right answer about how to do it. And I think it's just a matter of coming back to, does it feel expansive or does it feel constrictive? And, and then you get to choose which experience you want. Hmm. Yeah. Just as we were choose, we choose our response and our, and remembering too, that I love, I love to reminding, reminding us all like, we were never in charge of somebody else's response to our choice. Um, and, and that's, that's theirs to carry, not ours. And we only are, um, we're responsible to ourselves, like in this way of doing that work or not, or, and, and feeling out when we need to, you know, give ourselves some time to occur, to implement to be with the things that too, that we're uncovering. There was a, a meme that I saw a couple months ago that was like what people think a spiritual awakening looks like. And it's like this like serene, really beautiful spa looking picture. And next to it's like this like exorcism picture. It's like what it's actually like. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so accurate. Yes. But it is to get to that more serene, more embodied place. But it really is. It's just like I I liken this with clients too of like cleaning out a closet. We've been shoving things in that closet. I don't want to deal with this yet. I don't want to deal with this yet. And when we're like, okay, maybe I should deal with this thing, but it's in the very back corner. And so all the stuff's coming out and it's this messy process. But at the same time, you know, you get to pick and choose what the process looks like. Where do we start? Do we start with the clothes that we rammed on hangers? Do we even want the hangers? Do we even want the clothes? What else is in here? Um, and really, I love too that you brought up too. Um, like, what do you want? What is this the experience that you want to be having? Is this the life that you want to be living and reminding us too that like we get a say, we get a, an active role, an active co-creative role in each and every arena that we enter into. Absolutely. And then I think something else you said just brought up something that it's like, yes, they get their experience and we get to be responsible for the, the waves that we create in the world. You know, there, there's, there's a responsible way to do it. There's a way that we get to be selfish, but at the same time being considerate, you know, of, of how we're showing up, you know, it's, it's not this, well, I'm just going to do it this way. And you're <laughs> going to have to put up with it. You know, it's like, Hey, I realized something and I'm altering and changing and I'm going to be doing things differently. And I'm going to do my best to kind of explain as I'm going along, because all of us do better when we know what's coming at us. You know, if you have a partner, whether they be a business partner or a roommate or a romantic life partner, you know, it's, it's awfully nice to know, Hey, this is what I'm looking at. And this is what I'm experiencing. And it gives people an opportunity then to co-create with you, as opposed to just being at effect of the decisions that you're making. And you just gone, well, you're just going to have to suck it up. Like, well, (laughs) hold on. (laughs) You could do it that way. And that's kind of an a-hole way to be. But I mean, and that's not wrong either, but it's just recognizing that if you want people's reactions to be different, there's also a way to create a new context and a new paradigm and to ease them into it. 
Um, but if you're over here just doing all this work in silence and then all of a sudden you show up differently, they're like, well, what the heck? They get to have that reaction because they're blindsided. And so it's just looking at like, well, how, how are you treating the people? How are you doing it? Because if you're fully responsible for your life, because that's a really empowered place to be from, that I am responsible for everything that happens in my life, that means you're also responsible in part on how people react to you. How did you do it? And were you coming from a wounded, spiteful, scared, withholding kind of place, you know, pick any of those or something else, or are you coming from a place of vulnerability and sharing? Because it makes a big difference and, and it's hard, you know, I'm not saying that it's easy just to go, okay, I'm learning these new things and I'm going to show up in this family where I've had to be guarded, fully open and vulnerable. And and I'm just opening, bearing my soul. I'm not saying it's easy, but it does make a difference. And you don't always get the response that you want because sometimes it takes people a while for it to soak in for them to go. Oh, I mean, I used to do that. My husband would come home from trips. So he was in the military and he'd be gone for periods of time and he'd come home and he'd see something with how I was parenting the boys. And I would react because I'm the mom. I know what I'm doing. I've been taking care of kids since I was eight years old. Thank you very much. (laughs) And then it would go and I'd sit with it for a day or two. And then I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, he, he was kind of right. He had a point. And it, it, it just, it takes a while. And I think it's, um, yeah, you know, to be able to really look at yourself too. And how are you showing up? Are you showing up in a way that's easy for people to see you? Or are you like jumping in, jabbing them in the nose and then jumping back out and then going, you got mad. (laughs) No, that's a good reminder for me. Um, because that's definitely like, as you're saying, I'm like, Ooh, I need to really evaluate some of that in my own life. Um, cause I, I've done that since I was a child, like this is mine. And when I'm ready to share it all, I'll bring it out. And if you're not good with it, that's on you. It's not on me. Um, and it is, it is to protect that vulnerable space of like, I don't really know what I'm doing right now. And I'm trying to figure that out, or this is a change I'm making. I don't know how it's going to go or, or whatever. Um, But that is something that I've recognized in myself over the last few years. We talked about the Enneagram before, where Mm -hmm. I just thought that I was incredible at being vulnerable and no, I'm better at telling the truth, not vulnerability. (laughs) I like telling the truth. I heard that on a podcast when I was first going through this process and he was talking to another eight, which is what I am. And he said, you know, I love vulnerability. Um, I built my company on this and the podcast host, he was like, no, you like telling the truth. You don't like appearing vulnerable and sometimes you use the truth as a weapon. And I was like, this is uncomfortable. Um, so <laughs> you're just laying out all my tactics here, right in front of me. That's interesting. So, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, our society has not been constructed in a way to make it easy to be vulnerable. Like a lot of us have had to be guarded and a lot of us have shown up in certain ways in the way we interact with people because those are defense mechanisms that we created to protect our tender hearts, you know, and to be able to hold a sense of ourselves and And that's why I said, you know, it's the person who's doing the work who goes first and it's freaking hard. It's, it's not, it's not for the faint hearted, you know, it's, it it takes work and, and it's not the kind of work we're used to when we think about work, it's not digging ditches, digging ditches is a heck of a lot easier, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's not. And just being able to recognize that like, oh, the way the world has been and still is in a lot of ways, I do think that we're in a transitory period where it's going to be different. And then maybe it won't be different until my grandkids have grandkids. I don't know, but we're moving that way and transition periods 
are bumpy. Earthquakes is a transition period. You know, it's, it's two things that are moving and bumping and things are shifting. Mm -hmm. Um, Volcanoes are because of transitions, you know, transitions are, there's not a solid ground um, always. And, and it's constantly moving and it's like, wait, I just, there's nothing's holding still. So I think we're moving that way, but it's going to take those of us who are in process now, who are doing whatever work you're doing, whether it's leaning into your human design, your Enneagram, or doing the therapy or doing trauma-based work or shadow work or whatever it is. It's those of us who are doing that work that are laying the foundations. And if we don't do it now, I think it'll happen. It just may take longer. And, and it, and that means we're the ones we're on the front lines, Yeah, you know, and it's, we don't always know what we're doing and it's not always going to be clean and, and there's no wrong answer and there's still no wrong answer. It's just, it's an experience and you get to go, okay, well, this is the experience I want to have. I want to know what it's like to be more vulnerable. I want people to be vulnerable to me. Well, that means I have to be vulnerable. What does that look like? Am I vulnerable everywhere? Where am I guarded? Where am I, where, where am I waiting patiently? And where am I still trying to push? Like, but I just want this to happen. Well, do you, or do you feel like you're supposed to want that to happen? You know, it's just, it's, it's a great game. It really, I mean, it can be a lot of fun and it's a lot of challenge and it's a lot of like, oh, well, that didn't work out. All right. What's next? Or it could be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea it could work out that well. And, and it all comes back to trusting yourself, regardless of what system that you're using as a lens to be able to see yourself through that you can go, oh, this is my path. Nobody else is going to crawl inside my body and live my life with me. I'm the one doing it. Mm. So how do I want my life to go? Do I want to get to my deathbed and be, you know, at the place where I'm getting ready to take my last few breaths and look back and go, damn, I wish I'd have done those other things that I really wanted to do. But I thought that I would lose my friends, but turns out I lost them anyway over something else. And I wish I'd have just done the thing. I wish I'd have lived the life I wanted to live. And, and I think that's, that's just what I want for people. Because honestly, I also believe, because then I get like my little Sagittarius, like big, (laughs) all encompassing thing is that I truly believe that when everybody is living their life and they feel satisfied or successful or expansive or just love, whatever it is, then when they're living that they have so much grace and space for other people. And then when the more people who are doing that, the fewer people who are going to be looking for validation in other ways, who are going to be looking to hurt other people who are going to be trying to prove that they're, you know, big shots and end up becoming corrupt politicians who make decisions for thousands and millions of people who they are so far removed from. It's like, we actually get to be at a place where we all get to be responsible for our lives and enjoy our lives and give space and grace to other people to do the same. Cause, Oh, I don't need to take it personally. And then the world shifts. Mm. Yeah. Well, and something I want to piggyback off of too, you're talking about how it's hard work. I was reminded earlier, I was listening to a podcast. Um, it's called the gifted show. He started Archangel community. His name's Gio. Uh, are you familiar with him? No, but he sounds fascinating. Oh, he's great. And his podcast just launched. So it's on episode four, highly recommend, but something they were talking about in this episode was essentially pick your heart because we always want to frame up, well, this, this awakening, this work is hard and something they were talking about. Well, but it's not harder than what we've adopted essentially for the things that haven't worked for us in our life. We're just comfortable in our discomfort we've forgotten. I think she, I think they used like a woman with arthritis, like horrible arthritis, um, who you've just learned how to live with that arthritis. You, you don't remember how it felt 
to be free of it. You don't remember how it felt to be expanded and expansive um, because you're so comfortable in the contraction that you've forgotten what that feels like. So, um, and it's Jennifer Kim who says is pick your heart, like pick your heart because there's going to be hard either way. Um, But I love coming back to this idea. Like we, we still get, we get to go and, and, and dive into this and something that's been on my heart today. The question I like feel compelled to ask right now too, is like, what in our lives would be the brave thing? What is it that that's requiring not just being and, and relaxing in that being, but what, what right now in front of us is the brave step? Because usually that's the right one. Um, whether it is resting because we're used to pushing Um, Because sometimes I think we think of rest as being this inactive thing, but it is fully active as well. (laughs) Um, So that's just something too, I was thinking about because they were talking about that on the episode that I was listening today. It's very good. Okay. You, I would love a link for it. Yes. Yeah. So was that a question you were asking me? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Honestly, I think the bravest thing, and this is just like for humanity at large, for me as well, like me personally, but I think for everyone is just to be able to be in that space of, I am responsible for my life. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. I am responsible for the good and the bad, the actions that I choose and the consequences of those actions and not expecting anybody else to save me. And I think that's the, doesn't mean that we don't get to, you know, interact with each other or support one another, but it's just like releasing the expectation that anybody, anybody else is supposed to do anything for me, that it's me. Well, how do people work with you? What are you working on right now? Is there a way that people can, um, can get your eyeballs on their human design chart and all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 They can um, message me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm working on my website. It's not done yet. Um, but yeah, they can message me and we can do a reading. I also can do, you know, a longer term, like a, I've got a couple different ways, but like a longer, like a, not a whole three month package, but like a human design and like just boxer coaching around that. I've got, um, you know, three to six months, you can work with me at a time. Um, and we work with your human design, but we also just work with, you know, what do you want in life and what do you want to shift and where, what needs to be reprogrammed so that you can start actually co-creating your life mm-hmm. as opposed to letting your life happen to you. Um, and I do have, I've got a program that's in the works. Um, but that's, it's not ready yet. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll be looking for it too. Is there anything else too, that's like on your heart that you want to share before we wrap today? Anything that's coming up for you? This has just been coming up for me a lot and it just, regardless of what, whoever's listening, what their beliefs are, you know, in human design or God or universe or spirit or whatever, I just want you to know that you are a walking miracle. Mm. All of us are like, if you get present to what our bodies do in and out, what it took for us to be born and to be here and to be alive in this time and age, like you are a walking miracle and you matter. Hmm. I love it. And I agree. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. Um, thank you so much for being a guest today. And, oh my and gosh, thank you for this having time. me. I look forward to continuing to watch what you build and what you put out into the world. It's exciting. Thank you. Oh my gosh. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you more. Like what you're up to is amazing. And I so appreciate you having me on today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for being here today. It's not lost on me that you can be anywhere. You can be listening to anyone. And I don't take your time for granted. I hope that this episode has really help you feel more seen, known, loved, 
and helps you grow and really challenge things within you that may need to shift or change. It's my honor and privilege to be here in this place with you. If this podcast does mean something to you and you want to help me personally, could you please rate and review where you listen to your podcasts? Because that stuff really does matter. People really do look at ratings and it would help me really grow this space because I would love to grow this community and grow and love together. Or if there's a friend that you kept thinking about in this episode, please send it to them. How much fun is it to get something from someone that made us think of them? Don't we feel so loved and seen? And that's the point and purpose of this podcast. So thank you again for being here until next time.